You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm also the editor of Dunking With Wolves, the Timberwolves site and the fan site of network. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Check out prizepicks.com and use promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Happy Hump Day. And this is a victory Wednesday. For Timberwolves fans, the Timberwolves beat the Denver Nuggets on Tuesday at home at Target Center by 15 points, 130 to 115. We're going to break down the win today. There's lots to talk about. This was a really fun game and an incredibly dominant performance uh, for for the Timberwolves, really for three plus quarters in this game. So we're going to break it all down. Key takeaways, individual studs and duds, all that good stuff is upcoming. First of all, though, thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen each and every day, of course. Lockdown Wolves is free and available everywhere. That includes YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, Odyssey, anywhere you like to listen to podcasts, you can find Lockdown Wolves and all of your favorite Lockdown podcasts. You can also follow this show on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves and at B Beacon. That's with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. All right, so setting this one up, the Timberwolves did get Patrick Beverly back for this game. He had missed the last, I think, five games. He was injured two weeks ago Wednesday, so just under two weeks ago when he had the sprained ankle, and he returned to the starting lineup. Still no D'Angelo Russell out with the shin contusion. He had been listed as doubtful. Remember, he got hurt last Thursday, so he's missed now uh, three games and nearly, nearly a week with the shin contusion, and he was listed as doubtful, did not play. Beverly was back. And uh, everybody else for the Timberwolves rotation, I, I guess Josh Kogi was also out, kind of you know been in and out of the rotation all season. But in terms of rotation, guys, only Russell missing the game for the Nuggets. No DeMarcus Cousins, who's become an important part of their bench unit in Denver. Uh, Nikola Jokic was listed as questionable, although I don't think anybody ever really thought he wouldn't play. Although, interestingly, Denver does have a game Wednesday night in Salt Lake City against the Jazz. So, uh, I mean, the Denver could have gone the route of not having Jokic play. Instead, he played, and he played quite a bit, even in the second half of what was nearly a, a really kind of was a blowout by the third quarter anyway. Um, but at any rate, this was a relatively healthy Nuggets team. Obviously, no Jamal Murray all season to this point, no Michael Porter Jr. in a very long time. Um, so, But full strength in terms of the team that has now won five straight, had been kind of surging in the Western Conference and, and solidifying that sixth spot, you know, trying to get to the five spot in the West. A team not as good as people expected them to be, by and large, but still very good. Still a team that uh, that easily could have won this game, and Minnesota put them away pretty early. Um, early in the game, it was just really sloppy. Minnesota was sloppy, uh, was a little bit sloppy offensively themselves, just in terms of missing shots. Denver turned the ball over a lot, a lot of unforced errors. Minnesota's defense was active, but Denver was just uncharacteristically sloppy on offense. And in a lot of games, the Timberwolves defense turns teams over. That wasn't necessarily happening in the first quarter. Denver was mostly doing it to themselves. Still, the Timberwolves active play on the offensive end of the floor in the first quarter, they were rotating crisply. They were playing hard defensively, kind of set the tone for the tone for the rest of the game. And even if they didn't generate as many turnovers in the second and third quarter, as the Timberwolves built that double digit lead that eventually ballooned to 30 early in the fourth quarter, um, the defensive activity 
and this again, this is not the MO of the Wolves defense this year, right? Most of the year, the Timberwolves defense has been successful in wreaking havoc by forcing turnovers, scoring in fast break, broken floor opportunities, points off of turnovers, et cetera. And the actual set half court defense, if they weren't getting steals or blocking shots, forcing turnovers, not a good defensive rebounding team has been, the Timberwolves have allowed a a really good three-point shooting percentage for opponents. So bad for the Timberwolves defense over the past couple of months after a hot start to the year in that regard, it's been the biggest issue for Minnesota is if they can't turn teams over, uh, I should say the biggest defensive issue, if they can't turn teams over, how do they stop teams? Well, this was a good example of that. Nine turnovers for the Nuggets in the first quarter. They finished the game with, uh, with what? Uh, with 12 turnovers. So only three turnovers the rest of the game for Denver, nine in the first quarter, and yet the Wolves only led by two at the end of the first. So this wasn't a lead that was entirely driven by gambling for steals and you know forcing turnovers left and right. This was just good old-fashioned defense as the game wore on. Notably, though, uh, the Timberwolves were up by two points when Nikola Jokic got his first rest late in the first quarter. The Nuggets were up by two. When he came back in in the second quarter, Minnesota was up by 13. That is a plus 15-point swing in favor of the Timberwolves with Jokic off the floor. And uh, that was really, well, obviously, because Jokic was off the floor. That was a, that was a big reason for it. But also just the Timberwolves bench completely outclassed the Nuggets bench, and it wasn't even close. Uh, of course, garbage time helped buoy those numbers a little bit for Denver. But when it mattered, uh, it, it wasn't close at all. In fact, in the first half as a whole, Minnesota's bench scored 39 points. Their starters scored 30. Minnesota's bench outscored their own starters 39 to 30 in the first half of this game. Um, and, and really, it was the whole bench. Uh, Torian Prince himself had 14 points in the second quarter all by himself. Jordan McLaughlin was great. Uh, he had, I think, five assists by halftime to go along with seven or eight points. Nas Reed was very good. Uh, the lead, the, the Timberwolves used an extended 26 to eight run. It was 20 to four, ultimately 26 to eight run uh, that allowed them to take a 60 to 37 lead. So the biggest first half lead was by 23. It got down to just, just 18 points at halftime. Um, but, but again, it, it was all about the Timberwolves bench unit. It was all about the Timberwolves activity defensively, especially in the second quarter. Um, and then in the third quarter, the Timberwolves uh, built it a little bit higher. Carlton Towns got his fourth foul, stayed on the court for a while, went back to the bench midway through the third. And then the Nuggets made a bit of a push getting the lead. Uh, it was up to to 28, I think at that point, they got it back down to 97 to 98. So a 19-point lead for Minnesota, they shaved nine points off the deficit with Cat on the bench and Jokic in the game. But those roles flipped in the fourth quarter. Jokic took his rest. Cat came back in as Chris Finch, the Timberwolves head coach, tried to close things out. And that's basically what happened with no Jokic on the floor. Towns scored an easy seven points himself to start the fourth quarter. Then Malik Beasley got hot after having uh, just a couple of buckets in the first half. He finished the game with 12 points, four made threes against his former team. And the Timberwolves led by as many as 30 before they called off the dogs and ultimately garbage time made this just a 15-point game. But a really impressive performance from about midway through that first quarter through the rest of the game, save for a couple of minutes in garbage time, the Timberwolves were phenomenal in this game. Very impressive against a very solid opponent, a divisional opponent. The Timberwolves are now 15 and 10 at home, which is notable. They're over 500 again, 26 and 25. Of course, they were last week after they beat Portland, but now they're back over 500 at 26 and 25 with some very winnable games on the horizon and uh, sitting sitting in a good spot. Uh, next, I want to talk key takeaways. I've got three big ones, and then we'll do individual studs and duds as we always do here 
on the show. First, though, we have to talk about our great friends, the title sponsor of today's show. And that, of course, is Prize Picks. All right, NBA fans and Timberwolves fans, are you looking for a daily fantasy option for the NBA? Then you need to try the award winning app, Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love it, and I know you will too. It's super easy to use. You just pick two to five players, you pick an over under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times in any entry. It's really simple. It's just you versus the projected numbers. Entries can be made in just 60 seconds or less. It really is that easy. Prize Picks also offers safe and fast withdrawals. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of, from points scored to rebounds, even steals. Also, you can do mixed sport entries. So I love this during football season. You've still got the Super Bowl coming here in, in uh, what, week and a half or so, 10 days, where you can pick... Uh, We'll call it the Super Bowl. Whatever NBA games are that day, you could pick uh, Carlton Towns over on points. You could pick Joe Burrow over on touchdowns. The same bet, uh, you know, across sports, uh, you pick both of those players and you can end up winning with the cross sport bet. Also, Prize Picks has an exclusive no brainer of an offer for all of our users. Users get $50 for free if a player in your first Prize Picks entry scores a single point. You must use Code NBA. That's right. This is an exclusive offer available to Locked On fans and Locked On Wolves listeners. Sign up today. Use the code NBA for $50 for free if a player in your first prize picks entry scores a single point. That's it. Again, code NBA. If a player in your first prize picks entry scores a single point, you'll get $50 for free. All right. Uh, next, let's also talk about our friends over at TurboTax, our new friends at TurboTax. People think unusual circumstances mean complicated taxes, but for TurboTax live experts, that what that's what makes things interesting. We all have unique lives, whether you invested in crypto for the first time this year, own an up-and-coming small business, or are raising rambunctious twins. Luckily, TurboTax Live has experts who can answer your tax questions, walk you through the whole process, or do your taxes for you from start to finish. They help you get every deduction you deserve, no matter your unique situation. And you can talk to a TurboTax Live expert through your phone or computer without leaving your house. TurboTax Live experts are here to help you however you need. And if you need an extra hand, hand your taxes off to them. They'll do it all for you. To TurboTax Live experts, an interesting life can mean an even greater refund. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. Do You do your thing. They've got your taxes. Into it, TurboTax Live. All right, uh, let's uh, let's get into key takeaways here from the game. First of all, though, a, a reminder that uh, very grateful for you making Lockdown Wolves your first listen. Also, don't forget, the NBA trade deadline is just a week from this Thursday. That's Thursday, February 10th at 2 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Eastern. The Lockdown NBA podcast will be covering it live from 1 p.m. Central to 3 p.m. 1 p.m. Central to 3 p.m. Central. That's 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern. Join Kim Becker, John Corrales, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to get analysis of every blockbuster move. Subscribe to Locked On NBA YouTube and turn your notifications on so you know when they go live. All right, let's talk key takeaways uh, from, from Wolves Nuggets here. Um, I've got three good ones here. Number one, let's talk about defense. So, you know, you look, you quick glance at the box score, maybe you didn't watch the game. You think, all right, they gave up 115. They simply outscored them. Uh, well, yeah, they did outscore them. That's, that's why they won by 15 points. But that 115 is a very inflated number. I don't know what this is going to do to the Wolves' defensive rating, but this was one of the more impressive defensive performances of the season, in my opinion. Um, and, and I know that seems maybe a little crazy, but 
it was really good. Um, you know, the first quarter, again, Denver, I, I talked about this in the first segment, but some self-inflicted wounds, wounds for the Nuggets. Uh, but Minnesota's point of attack defense was very impressive in this game. Uh, I mean, really everybody across the board. Patrick Beverly, he picked up three early personal fouls and didn't play at all in the second quarter of this game. But Beverly was good. Anthony Edwards was okay in the first half defensively. Jalen Noel was very good defensively, which which we can't always say about Jalen, but that was fantastic. Jordan McLaughlin, very good off the bench, playing a key role with the Beverly foul trouble and obviously no D'Angelo Russell. Um, switching on the perimeter when they needed to, but for the most part, the point of attack defenders were fighting through ball screens and sticking to the hip of their of their uh, of their assignment, uh, Timberwolves were contesting threes throughout the night. Throughout the night, to the point of I, I I don't know how they didn't foul. I think they only fouled one three point shooter all night, and it was when the game was basically over in the fourth quarter. I mean, they were in in the like just in the space of Nuggets three point shooters all night long. The low man did a fantastic job of stepping up and forcing the ball out of the ball handler's hands. There were multiple possessions early in the game. Jokic had six turnovers just in the first quarter, which is insane. And he should have had a couple more, but the Timberwolves were doing such a good job of just stepping up to the middle of the paint, making Jokic pass the ball, get the ball to Jokic's hands, make him try and be a hero instead of, you know, passing the ball then be versus be a hero as a scorer. And uh, it wasn't just Jokic either, but any ball handler for the Nuggets or anybody trying to initiate offense, the Wolves, uh, anybody that got into the paint, the Wolves low man was doing a great job of stepping up. The defense was helping fill backfill behind the low man who was stepping up and yet still get out to the perimeter and contest jump shots. It forced Jokic and others to make really difficult passes. And, and while the wounds were largely self-inflicted, sloppy passes, bad decision-making, et cetera, from Denver early in the game, the Timberwolves defensive activity encouraged that. And then throughout the game, the activity level stayed high for the Wolves defense. The scrambling, uh, just the overall effort on the defensive end. And we've seen that, you know, a lot of games, we talked about this last week, I think it was the Phoenix game maybe, where they played fairly well. There were just a couple of lapses. It was like 38 minutes of really good defense. But you lapse for eight to 10 minutes against any decent team and you are on the verge of, you might lose that game. Oh, the Portland game actually is the best example. The Portland game last last Tuesday that the Wolves ended up winning, they were up double figures in the fourth quarter. They're up double figures in the third quarter. And twice the Timberwolves defense had like this five to eight minute lapse where they just weren't good. But then they locked in the rest of the game. They locked in on the final possession in the Portland game to win, to, to hold on and win that game against the Blazers last week. But they can't string together more than that, it seems like, the 36 to 38 minutes of good defense per game. This was essentially like 44 minutes of great defense. Take out garbage time. Maybe the very start of the game wasn't as good, uh, or the first part of the first quarter. But by and large, this was a fantastic defensive performance against a really good offensive Denver team. I mean, Denver was a top 10, they were 10th in offensive rating, according to basketball references metric uh, coming into this game. And the point of attack defense, the scrambling on defense, the low man help um, was was phenomenal for the Timberwolves in this game. On the other end of the floor, smart offense for Minnesota. It was simple. Timberwolves didn't do anything crazy in this game. No D'Angelo Russell meant a lot of Anthony Edwards initiated early, but Edwards had a very quiet night. We'll talk more about that later. It was just a lot of, and the Nuggets' poor defense made this a lot easier, to be clear. But the Wolves didn't overthink it. They didn't get too... You know, it's 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 sometimes the team takes on the worst parts of Carl Anthony Towns' pers- uh, characteristics on the floor when it comes to like, hey, you know, in the case of Towns, in, in other games, it might be, hey, I can beat 
this smaller guy I have on me. I can beat this bad defender. And he gets overzealous, gets called for an offensive foul. The Timberwolves as a team do that sometimes when they think, okay, you know, we can beat this team. They're not playing well defensively. Let's let's do too much. Let's make too many fancy passes. Let's throw a bunch of alley-oops. Let's shoot threes, you know, in a broken floor situation with 21 seconds on the shot clock instead of getting the ball into the paint or instead of finding, you know, uh, a better shot. Um, they didn't really do that in this game. They, they, it was simple. It was driving kick, a lot of driving kick game to find the open player. And all it took was a couple of swings of the ball around the perimeter. The nuggets were not fast defensively. They were not just a step slow. They were probably a step and a half slow all night. Uh, you know, Towns was posting and reposting. I mean, he had a couple of post-ups where he got the ball smack dab in the middle of the paint and scored with ease against a smaller Nuggets defender. The Wolves across the board were finding open shooters in the corners, whether that was Malik Beasley, Torian Prince, Jade McDaniels. They were finding guys who were open on the perimeter um, to, to, to knock down threes. McDaniels actually didn't have any made threes in this game, but he had a couple of attempts from the corners. Um, and the Wolves just to a man, we're doing a good job of finding the open guys, especially in the corners, uh, smart offense, simple offense and effective offense. And that worked in this game. My last key takeaway is the other guys. I talked a lot about the other guys in the win on Sunday against Utah. If those like third tier players, you know, you've got your Towns, Edwards, D'Angelo Russell, and you've got your, you know, your next kind of level of guys that generally play well, Jared Vanderbilt, Patrick Beverly, activity guys who can pitch in offensively, which Vando will talk more about. Haven't talked about him at all really yet, but he was phenomenal in this game too. And then you've got your question marks, your Torian Prince's, Jade McDaniels, Malik Beasley, uh, you know, when healthy, uh, sometimes Josh Kogi gets lumped into that category. Jordan McLaughlin in this case, because he was in the rotation. Are these guys, Nas Reed, are these guys going to step up and play like they can and like they need to for the Timberwolves to be consistently successful. We've seen Prince play a lot better of late. The other night, the Timberwolves had a couple of of those guys step up against the Jazz. In this game, it was Torian Prince, uh, and it wasn't just him. But Torian Prince was great. We'll talk more about him next segment. But 23 points, nine rebounds for Prince, six made threes. But the other other guys played well, too. Nas Reed had 12 and five in 20 minutes. Uh, Malik Beasley had 12 points, four made threes against his former team, pitched in five rebounds in 24 minutes. We don't always see that from Beasley. And Jade McDaniels isn't going to fit into my studs or duds in this game. Uh, he had a really unsexy game from a stat line perspective, four points, uh, four points, five rebounds, four assists, two blocks. It's kind of a mini stat stuffing game, but he shot just one of seven from the field, missed his only two three-point attempts, but he was active. He was really good defensively. Both of his blocks came in in quick succession with one another were really impressive. His one make was a really nice uh, kind of up and under reverse layup where he uh, he had a, 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 a really nice crossover on the left side of the floor, went underneath, made the reverse layup, got the end one and converted the free throw. Uh, but this was a, an interesting and intriguing game from Jaden McDaniels uh, after following up a really strong performance on Sunday. So I thought that was notable, but the all of the other guys have been playing better of late, and that's been huge with no D'Angelo Russell. And before tonight, before the, the Nuggets game, no Patrick Beverly for the last few games. So any level of consistency from Prince, Beasley, McDaniels, you know, Nas Reed, if they can find a level, and again, not they're not going to make six threes a night every night like Torian Prince. They're not going to um, necessarily have the kind of night Jaden McDaniels had the other night against Utah. But any level of consistency, 70% of what they've been doing the last couple of games would be a huge boon for Minnesota here moving forward. And I think we need to keep calling that out as we see it happen. 
All right, let's close the show today by talking about individual studs and duds, as we always do. First, though, let's talk about our friends at Built Bar. It's the new year. That means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good you'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill, you want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By like week three, you might be thinking, this is not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Well, Built Bar has you covered because Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, just four grams of sugar and only four net carbs, plus 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Here's an idea for the new year. Go to all your secret treat stashes at home, in the pantry, at the office, in the car, wherever they might be. Throw out all the sugary sugary or calorie-filled treats and replace them with Built Bars. So when you're craving a snack or a treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. Even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious Built Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. There's so many flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new limited time flavors. So check out Built.com often to see what's new. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. Again, that's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, let's talk individual studs and duds from Wolves Nuggets. A pretty easy one to call out here today. Carl Anthony Towns, really good. 24 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 steals, and a block. Only one turnover in 28 minutes for Towns. 24 points on 8 of 12 shooting. So he shoots, uh, he shoots what, 67% from the field. 1 of 3 on 3-point attempts, 7 of 8 at the line. Got to the line 8 times in 28 minutes. Again, 8 of 12 shooting is fantastic. Very much under control in this game. He did commit the 4 fouls, but I mean, it's hard not to commit fouls playing against Jokic and this, and this Nuggets team. Another really impressive performance from Towns. He's stringing together these these positive performances, uh, and, and that really matters. It's good to see that as we're entering kind of like the dog days of the season, uh, leading into the All-Star break and coming out of the All-Star break will be important to keep that momentum, but a really solid game against Jokic. And, and Jokic, for his part, had a good game too. 21 points, 16 rebounds, eight assists. He had five turnovers. I think I said earlier six. Five turnovers all in the first quarter for Joker and six of 12 shooting eight of nine at the line. So a good game for him too, but the Timberwolves really took him out of his comfort zone in the first quarter. And that threw the entire Nuggets offense out of whack uh, for sure. Second stud for me, Jared Vanderbilt. So, so good, especially early in this game when the Wolves needed the energy. It was a little bit sluggish to start. The Timberwolves were not converting on all of the turnovers that they were generating. They had 11 turnovers in the first quarter that they generated. So 11 Denver turnovers. Minnesota had only 11 points off those turnovers. But Jared Vanderbilt provided the energy that Timberwolves needed to kind of carry them through that that kind of of slog of a first quarter. For the game, Vando had 18 points, nine rebounds, two assists, two steals, only one turnover. He only played 19 minutes. He had 18 points in 19 minutes and nine rebounds in 19 minutes, two assists and two steals. The only knock was he missed a couple of bunnies right at the rim. I mean, literal just layups that rolled off the rim for Vando and he missed a couple of free throws, but I mean, 18, nine with two assists and two steals in 19 minutes, sign me up. I mean, most nights he's going to play a lot more than 19 minutes. It was good for the Timberwolves that no starters had to play more than 28 in this one, by the way. 
Um, but fantastic game from the former Nugget, Jared Vanderbilt. The third stud for me in this one is Torian Prince. 23 points, a season high for him on 8 of 12 shooting. 6 of 9 on 3-point attempts. 1 of 2 at the line. 9 rebounds, 2 assists, and 2 steals. 1 block for Prince and 2 turnovers. He was a game-high plus 22. Nobody else was higher than a plus 18 for the Wolves, or for the Nuggets, obviously. Uh, A plus 22 in 24 minutes for Torian Prince. Uh, Not much more to say. I mean, he just got hot. Uh, it was a couple games ago. It actually might've been the Portland game. Uh, no, was it the, U- I think it might've been the Utah game on Sunday. It's running together now, but, um, where he had the hot fourth quarter where he had a couple of threes, a tough mid range jumper, some big rebounds. I think that was just on Sunday. Uh, Prince has really strung together some nice games and he is very clearly a, a key part of this rotation. now moving forward for Minnesota. Also want to shout out, uh, the games for Nas Reed and Jordan McLaughlin. I mean, the bench was so good. Nas had 12 points, five rebounds, five of seven shooting, made his only three-point attempt, two blocks, two assists, and a steal. Jordan McLaughlin, he started last game. This game, he was back coming off the bench, but he played 26 minutes uh, You know, to Patrick Beverly's only 15. That was foul trouble early and garbage time late, obviously. But McLaughlin had 9.7 assists, zero turnovers for Jordan McLaughlin in this game. Nine and seven, zero turnovers. He pitched in four rebounds and a steal shot, four of eight from the field, one of four on three-point attempts. For McLaughlin, he was a plus 18, which was the second best mark of any player that appeared in this game for either team. A really good game for Jordan McLaughlin. All right, uh, Duds, eh, a little harder to figure on this one. I'm not really, I'm not going to hand one out. I refuse to do it in this game. I mean, Jaden McDaniel shot one of seven, but I already talked about him last segment. Active defensively, good otherwise, four assists, two blocks, uh, one really nice and one uh, reverse layup. Jake, Le- Jake Lehman, Jake Lehman played garbage time only. I meant to say Jalen Noel, uh, 10 points, three assists, shot just two of six, kind of a meh night from Jalen Noel, but that, I mean, that's not dud worthy. I mean, nobody played poorly for the Timberwolves in this game. I mean, even Malik Beasley, slow first half against his former team, but very good fourth quarter helped kind of push that lead from 19 back up ultimately 2.30 before it came back down to 15 by the end of the game. But Beasley and Towns were the two that that keyed that run to solidify a 20-plus point lead late in the game. So a good game from him too. So no duds. I'm going to just go ahead and, and, and call it a no-dud game for the Timberwolves. A uh, lot of fun though. A lot of fun in, in this game. Um, next up for the Wolves, they head back out on the road after this brief two-game homestand. They play at Detroit on Thursday. This is that weird home-and-home home situation. So at Detroit on Thursday, 6 p.m. Central tip, of course. And then they're off Friday and Saturday again. They're off for the weekend, come back home to take on Detroit for a weird Sunday matinee on the 6th. Uh, So a 2.30 tip on Sunday. What we'll do that day, uh, looking ahead now, I guess almost a week, is we'll do a post-game pod late Sunday. That will count as Monday's show, uh, but we'll get that up Sunday evening. Um, And then, of course, later this week, on Thursday's show, we'll preview the Pistons matchup. We have not seen Detroit all season, so we'll preview that. And then Friday's show will be the postgame pod from Thursday. Um, and then, of course, next week, two games at Sacramento. So four consecutive games against two of the worst five teams in the league in Detroit and Sacramento. Very winnable games before the schedule gets a little bit tougher again after that. All right, that's all we have for you today here on the show. Thanks again for listening to Locked On Wolves. And, of course, a thank you for making it your, favorite, your first listen every single day. Locked on Wolves is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, Apple, Google, Spotify, Odyssey, and uh, really wherever you like to listen to podcasts. You can also follow on Twitter at Locked on T-Wolves and at B-Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. 
A reminder that Lockdown Wolves is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. And while you make Lockdown Wolves your first listen, hopefully you make Lockdown Bets your second listen. It's your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked on Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.